Hey, thanks for joining us. Syphilis is on the move in the U.S. In this episode, we're going to cover and review the historic and highly unethical Tuskegee Men's Study of Syphilis. That study spanned 40 years and crossed all sorts of ethical boundaries. As syphilis is on the move, it's important to not forget the foundation, the importance of ethical medical experimentation and discovery, and not forget the contributions and sacrifices that those men from the Tuskegee experiment gave unwillingly. Let's get started. Syphilis continues to make a dismaying comeback in the U.S. Between 2012 and 2016, the rate of primary and secondary syphilis among women increased 111%. Over the same time period, the rate of congenital syphilis increased by 87%. Remember that the sexually transmitted disease is caused by infection with the bacterium Treponema pallidum. And of course, it can be passed from mother to child during pregnancy or birth. Up to 40% of infants with syphilis are stillborn. The rest can appear normal at birth, but left untreated can develop a number of serious symptoms from bone pain to deafness and blindness. Penicillin remains the treatment of choice for syphilis, and in this episode, we're going to cover some of the foundational studies and unethical behavior that went into the research for syphilis. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In 1932, an entity called the U.S. Public Health Service began working with the Tuskegee Institute to record the natural history of syphilis in black men. The study took place in Macon County, Alabama, the county seat of Tuskegee. The actual study and research took place on the campus of Tuskegee Institute. The intent of the study was to record the natural history of syphilis in black males. The researchers told the men participating in the study that they were being treated for bad blood. Now, this term had been used locally by the people of Alabama to describe a host of diagnosable ailments, including but not limited to anemia, fatigue, and of course, syphilis. A total of 600 men were enrolled in the study. Now, of this group, 399 had syphilis and were part of the experimental group, while 201 were the control subjects. Most of the men were poor and illiterate sharecroppers from the county. The men who participated were offered what most black males at that time could only dream of obtaining, which was medical care and survivor's insurance. They were enticed and enrolled in the study with incentives including free medical exams, rides to and from the clinic, meals on the examination day, free treatment for minor ailments, and guarantees and provisions that would be made for them after death in terms of burial stipends paid to their survivors. 
Now, there was no proven treatment for syphilis when the study actually began, but when penicillin did become the standard for the disease in 1947, the medicine was withheld as part of treatment for both the experimental and control group. Once again, when penicillin became available and known to cure the illness in 1947, the affected men were not offered therapy. On July 25th, 1972. Remember, that's more than 30 years. Gene Heller of the Associated Press broke the story that appeared simultaneously both in New York and in Washington that there had been a 40-year non-therapeutic experiment called a study on the effects of untreated syphilis on black males in the rural South. Between the start of the study in 1932 and 1947, when penicillin was confirmed to cure the disease, dozens of men had died and their wives, children, and untold number of others had been infected. This set into motion international public outcry and a series of actions initiated by U.S. federal agencies. The Assistant Secretary for Health and Scientific Affairs appointed an ad hoc advisory panel that was comprised of nine members from the fields of health administration, medicine, law, religion, education, and more to review the study. While the panel concluded that the men participated in the study freely, agreeing to the examinations, there was evidence that scientific research protocol routinely applied to human subjects was either ignored or deeply flawed to ensure the safety and well-being of the men involved. Specifically, the men were never told or offered the research procedure called informed consent. They weren't even told the name of the study, its purpose, and the potential consequences of any treatment or non-treatment. And of course, the most overt ethical violation is that when penicillin became available, the men were not offered therapy. Finally, it was concluded that the study was ethically unjustified and never qualified as a scientific study to begin with. The panel articulated all of the above findings in October of 1972, and then one month later, the Assistant Secretary for Health and Scientific Affairs officially declared an end of the Tuskegee study. In the summer of 1973, a class action lawsuit was filed on behalf of the study participants and their families. In 1974, a $10 million out-of-court settlement was reached. As part of the settlement, the U.S. government promised to give lifetime medical benefits and burial services to all living participants. The Tastiki Health Benefit Program was established to provide these services. In 1975, wives, widows, and offspring were added to the program. In 1995, the program was expanded to include health as well as medical benefits. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention was given responsibility over this program, where it remains today. The last study participant died in January of 2004. The last widow receiving benefits died in January 2009. And there are 12 offsprings currently receiving medical and health benefits that are descendants of the original participants. Because of the incredible and unethical way in which this study was conducted, the way that medical research is done now in the U.S. and internationally is vastly different. From that panel's conclusions were birthed, no pun intended, two concepts that we're well familiar with now 
like the informed consent process and the Investigational Review Board, or the IRB, both created in order to ensure safeguards and protections of study participants. So, as syphilis cases continue to rise in the U.S., we cannot forget those men who participated in the Tuskegee experiment because their well-being was jeopardized, really, for no valid scientific reason. So, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.